Welcome to Animalia's podcast, where every week we're discussing something in the world of wildlife and climate. My name is Anna Lee. And this is James. And this week we are discussing all things Tiger King, the latest and most ridiculous docuseries on Netflix, which touches our world in terms of the treatment and uh, welfare of big cats in the U.S. Uh, what... So I guess what was your first reaction to Tiger King? I definitely thought it was super entertaining. Um, like you said, a dramatic set of characters, which were fun to follow. Um, but it was also, I think, one of the most recent like wildlife mainstream shows. Even though the tigers and the big cats were kind of like background characters, I think that it was really cool to see something become kind of so popular that had to do with wildlife what was like something that was really memorable for you uh i mean so many things negative uh (laughs) like where do i start really scary uh characters and just sort of shining a light on things that do exist in our world on unfortunate um i've but at the same time feel a lot of like empathy and maybe sympathy is the, is the better word for these characters too, because they're also, you know, they're, they're part of a system that is perpetually telling us to make money and make more money and, um, and, uh, and, and chase uh, those material things, whatever means possible, whatever situation you're you're prone into. So if you're poor and, you have no options and you stumble into a, you know, big cats that you can make $5,000 for breeding and charge, you know, $300 for a petting zoo. It's hard to knock that person for, you know, uh, making the most of it for survival. So there's a, as much as like there's disgust for me, there's also a lot of sympathy for some of these characters as well. Maybe not Doc Yandel who is running like a weird sex cult, but everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree. It's it's like a love-hate relationship with the show for me. Um, but also one of the things that the last episode really covers well is that they're, you know, these people did admiration or more of like an obsession with big cats. And even though at the beginning, like they might have really loved them, they kind of did get carried away with um I guess the greed and the fame and kind of forgot about prioritizing them and at the end of the show like you do see like that what kind of gets lost is like the well take like the care for the cats is just pushed to the back you know yeah I mean there is two overarching kind of messages as it pertains to wildlife and you know what we like to talk about that stood out to me um, one was just sort of how widely misunderstood the welfare needs of wildlife are. Um, we don't we don't tr- teach people in you know public or private schools about conservation, uh, let alone climate change, let alone um, you know the actual welfare of big cats or um, you know what what individual animals need for survival and happiness, and so it's hard to blame so many people for not knowing because the system that we, we raise people in does not instill any of this information whatsoever. 
And if anything, it's the opposite. Like, you know, schools take kids to zoos and zoos are a topic for another time on this podcast because there are some that are not as bad as others. There's a spectrum like anything else. But, you know, schools will take kids to zoos regardless of where they fall on that spectrum. And, you know, that is the normalcy and the reality they grow up in. And so it just kind of dawned on me in watching this, like how misunderstood um, wildlife are at a lot, such a large scale. That's true. I mean, for me personally, like zoos were the only like connection to animals that I had, or at least like wild animals. Um, and it did take like having to have like a conservation experience to see like the extent of it or like how, how much help they needed, et cetera. Yeah. And I think we, we don't, we don't think of wildlife and mental health. We only think of, I mean, we, we, we stigmatize our own mental health as people, right? I mean, we're barely making progress on making mental health more of a, a, like sort of a regular practice for people, let alone recognizing it in animals. Um, We only think, well, you know, they're sick or they're not, you know, they either have a fever or they not, or they don't, but we really don't appreciate the concept of mental well-being for non-human species. And that's very apparent because like in the show, there's just there's no way you can see the pacing and the sort of uh, just the appearance of some of these cats. Like they might be physically healthy to a degree. Um, well, a lot of them look overweight, and, uh, overfed um, in some cases or the opposite, but their mental health is just completely lost. And we just sort of feel like yeah, very few people just appreciate that. Um, like cat, big cats and, you know, uh, many other wildlife uh, have mental health needs as well that are just not, you're not going to be met in a, in, in, you know, in a right. cage. You mentioned at the top of this podcast that, um, you know, this is, you know, you don't come across a lot of wildlife shows that are really entertaining. Right. And if you think about it, it's like shows like this or shows like Planet Earth. But both of those ends of the, you know, types of, of content, which are very different in nature, but they both don't really actually hone in at all the needs of wildlife. You know, Planet Earth sort of almost gives the impression that things are better than they are out there. And it, it focuses on the beauty and the magic of wildlife, which is great, but it doesn't really present any kind of you know, uh, political message or um, doctrine about the realities of their care, especially in captivity, which obviously Planet Earth is not about. Um, and then you have this end of the spectrum, which doesn't really talk about the animals at all. It's about the people and the drama and the things that they know will sell a TV show better than, you know, diving into these big cats. And so that's, that's the other thing that stuck out to me is like the whole gamut of wildlife content very few kind of go deep enough into the animals and their needs. I think I wish there was more focus on the reality versus either, um, you know, the planet earth with end of, which is just focusing on the beauty um, and the sort of all the positive, like not just positive stuff, but just sort of the aesthetic beauty and the, um, you know, wonder of, of, of wildlife and nature. And then you have shows like Tiger King, which gloss over it completely for telling human drama, even though it's, you know, it's the, comp- the entire backdrop. So I just wish there was more focus on the sort of reality and, and bringing that into people. But I also know that it's hard. Like maybe they had footage in Tiger King of individual 
stories of of you know lions and tigers and leopards there and and their plight and maybe it was just sort of like too upsetting you know maybe they had the footage and it was just like we can't show this because people people do get upset it's it's a funny like dichotomy where people get upset when they see wildlife herd they get upset when they see a pig slaughtered right um yet it's easy to turn a blind eye when not when not when those things are not shoved in front of you but it's just i wonder how much of that is just a systemic thing of like hey look um you know we exploit these animals because of for you know for farm factory um you know the meat industry for you know expanding cities and 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 encroaching on on habitat for uh you know agriculture and tearing down trees and forests and in Indonesia, you know, you know, sort of destroying basically the last habitat of orangutans. So maybe there's like a systemic thing that says like, we, we know we're doing this for our own economic gain. And across the board, we want to hide, we need to hide the reality, the sort of dark realities of, of the impacts of this on animals. Because I think by and large, most people do have symptoms empathy for non-human life you know i think if even the um most you know the, the person who eats the most meat in the world still if you put a baby pig in their hands they would they would be fond of it right they would still like go on eating meat but in that moment they wouldn't just uh, try to bite into the pig or just kill the pig instant- instantaneously you know what i mean like right. i think people do have empathy for animals um and so i wonder if it's just it's like there's a system that says well given that empathy is there and, and we don't want to trigger it. We just always need to keep the realities of what we're doing for economic gain hidden from the mass amount of people. Now, maybe that's too conspiracy theory, um, or maybe that's just sort of something that has a natural byproduct of the system, but isn't actually being orchestrated in any, any way, shape or form directly. I feel that. I think for me, the other thing that was like a huge takeaway was the fact that there were more, um, big cats in captivity like in the US and they were alive in the wild which is yeah. so, just something that it's kind of a mind blowing like fact and I guess that leads in, well into the transition of like how do we solve them yeah I mean it's not an easy problem to solve um, because there's no silver bullet right there's no like one thing we just do this we just pass this law um, the problem gets fixed. Uh, it's not unlike the larger problem of climate change, and there's no silver bullet for climate mm-hmm. change either. And and you know, it's just sort of going to take a kind of global economy with and global system to rise up. And you know, to help big cats, you have to you know be putting regulations and rules around captivity and the minimum requirements to make them humane. You have to be um, putting in rules around what kind of tourism can be promoted. You have to be, but you also have to be protecting the wild. You have to be maintaining those habitats so animals can be repopulated um, and brought back where when appropriate. Um, you have to do both of these things simultaneously, and and one country by its own can't do that. Um, and so, because like in the U.S., if like for example, government just shut down big cat zoos, well, where would all the cats go? Right. Um, if the wild is still being encroached and still being destroyed on a global level, where where do these cats go? Um, uh, 
very expensive to maintain. Um, you know, whose who's, who's responsibility yeah. is that? Uh, and, um, you know, if the government is going to say, okay, we'll spend X amount of dollars to open up a national safari in the right way, which I, like would be a nice thing, but there's no way a lawmaker in the United States who is always running for re-election can get away with a, Congress per, a congressman or congresswoman, for example, could get away with supporting that kind of law when there's still public education needs funding and health and, you know, people that are uninsured and people who don't have food and jobs and like, because the system requires that lawmaker to be running for re-election all the time, they can't, they can't even pass something like that in the U S even let alone like what happens with the wild. Like it's just so complex um, that there is no silver bullet solution. Right. It's, it's more like there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle and it's kind of like step by step and there are like every attempt of a solution is just going to add a little bit more of like the clear picture but there's definitely I mean I think the the big cat like public safety act that they've been trying to pass for years would be a good start just to protect people absolutely and like these are all steps in the right direction but i just don't think they're big enough steps necessarily you know um you know i think the two things that come to mind are really to really on a long-term level uh you know change the directionally change the so let's just say big cats um and their existence on this planet is one there there needs to be a global unity um and global cooperation and a global economic system um that rallies behind this again because one nation can't do it alone um and i think there needs to be we need to move into there need to be some degree of social shaming um uh social shaming which sounds bad it sounds like bullying but uh it's just sort of the idea that so many behaviors can be moved out of practice and moved into the sort of fringes with social shaming um there are things that apply I don't know, like, you know, you don't walk around naked, right, <laughs> in, in a public place. Uh, put put the law for aside for a second, but even if the law wasn't there, there's quite a degree of social shaming that comes with that decision that makes, prevents mm-hmm. most people from doing it, right? Um, and there's, you can think of other examples of these things. Uh, heck, even walking up and down an escalator, right, you walk up the right side and, um, or I say walking up, I just said walking up and down an escalator, which is absurd. Because <laughs> that's clear only go in one direction. I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Walking up and down an escalator. Figure that one out. <laughs> um, walking up and down a stair. You know, it's sort of, you walk up on the right and down on the right, right? Um, if if you went and started walking up the left-hand side, people would get mad right. at you. <laughs> like, they'd be annoyed at you. There's a social shaming there. Um, and that's what I mean. Like there needs to be social shaming against, um, you know, wildlife exploitation, um, where it's regardless of the economic outcome, what you could get, like you could maybe get up the stairs faster if you went up the left-hand side, maybe someone in front of you is slow, but you don't do it because of the social shaming. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that there needs to move into a culture of, you know, shaming wildlife exploitation, um, to move it further into the fringes. And then I think there needs to be, global opportunity um and i think maybe the third thing 
um, that makes sense as well with this is like, if there was a system of, you know, universal healthcare education, and you know, maybe even a basic income, you know, we wouldn't have so many desperate people um, that are thrust in these situations where they maybe have no choice, but to exploit what's around them for survival. Um, we still have the issue of greed and no matter what you have, you and I both know this, people always want more. Um, but I do think if we, if we took care of people at a basic level better, um, we, we would have less of these issues of, uh, around the world. Yeah. I think it's a matter of like on a global level, everyone is responsible for maintaining and protecting the wild lands mm-hmm. we still have left. Um, and we need to understand that we all benefit from that because of the role rainforests, wildlife, you know, ecosystems play in yeah maintaining our atmosphere um you know limiting greenhouse gas emissions trapping greenhouse gases which is you know everything from algae in the ocean to trees in the forest do a tremendous job of um we have to understand that there's there's real economic hardship that comes on on the on the other side of not taking care of these things and we're experiencing that right now with coronavirus you know what i mean coronavirus like many other um viral pandemics in the last you know, half century are primarily triggered by human animal conflict. Um, whether it's us consuming wildlife or, you know, livestock getting sick because of, you know, inhumane conditions, like, you know, and we're obviously experiencing a negative economic um, impact of coronavirus. Like, you know, there's the life and, and death part of it. And then there's the sort of economic mm-hmm. crash part of it um, and job loss. Um, so, I mean, these things are real. Uh, we just have to find a way to get more people to connect the dots and understand how these things are all connected. And I do think that starts with education. I think that starts with, like, I'd love to see climate programs and conservation programs in public schools. Um, uh, I'd love to see it available for everybody. I'd love that one day see it as a requirement in the same way you have to pass a driver's right. test, right? Um, drive a car, like, maybe you need to pass certain, you know, basic information uh, levels around, you know, climate and other global issues to, to, to vote or to, um, you know, uh, have, you know, access to the universal healthcare system. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, you know. That'd be fun to have those types of courses. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously there's negative sides to that too, because people don't all learn the same way. You know what I mean? And like, you're going to leave some people out. So I'm not advocating for like a point system here for accessing healthcare. Like I don't want people to read into that um, too much. I'm just, what I'm saying is we have to help people connect the dots better. And I think that's. right. And I think one of the, even in like kind of going back to Tiger King in one of the episodes, like one of the big cat people says like, Oh, well, if I give somebody like a cub, like you said, that will, that will kind of like ignite them to, say appreciate or want to learn or want to protect the animal but you've mentioned this before there's like a very thin line between like being infatuated or just like having an affinity for an animal but then actually respecting it and wanting to protect where it originally come comes from i think there's an analogy to even in the uh, in, um you know in, in the in the human world uh like a be- abusive um domestic relationships and what I mean by that is, like, <clears throat> there's a lot of 
domestic relationships where one per you know person a is sort of controlling person b and they they love person b and they like generally have passion for person b and like being around person b but they don't give person b autonomy and agency Mm -hmm. to make their own decisions right and they sort of they they get person b to a place where person b thinks their survival is dependent on loving person a um and and accepting whatever person a does um whether or not they like it or not right like that sort of dynamic is is very common in domestic abuse and it is a it's a mental abuse as much if not more so than the physical abuse in fact you can mentally abuse somebody without Mm -hmm. ever physically abusing them um in this kind of mind control way and that that is common and i think it's similar to a relationship like someone like Joe Exotic has with his cats is those cats, you know, they're always their source of survival and they have no choice and, and they have no agency. They have no autonomy. They have no decision-making ability. Um, they, they're smart. They know what happens when they act out of line. Um, and, you know, Joe generally loves them. And I think they probably genuinely enjoy being around Joe, but, it doesn't mean they enjoy their lives and, and that they're, you know, uh, it doesn't mean they're, they're happy or they're content or they're, they're needed. I agree. For sure. Glad the show came out and, you know, um, I'm glad it has been viewed a lot. Um, I do see on social media and Twitter and stuff, people talking about the cats and sort of disgust for, you know, what they're seeing. So I think there's definitely a net positive for, people like you and I that are already tuned in to, you know, wildlife and their needs and doing our part to try to, to help them. Um, so I think it's a net positive, but I still think it sort of leaves more questions than answers, if you will, um, in terms oh, of sure. what's right and wrong. I don't trust people to really figure that out for their own. It's much more, right. of a, that's for sure a reality show. It's a train wreck <laughs> of human behavior. <laughs> you got like, you know, I mean, look at the characters. Like, you got Joe Exotic, who, um, you know, is sort of so high in his own supply and his arrogance and ego and um, mistreating his employees and running for governor and just, you know, making death threats to people like crazy, crazy person. You got Doc Antle, who's running uh, like a really deranged uh, female sex slave, tiger, big cat. Boot camp park thing. Like, what a creepy and, and disturbing human being. Uh, you have Carol Baskin, who uh, claims to be the hero in all this, but uh, not only keeps her big cats in, in trapped in you know pretty uh, poor hygiene and 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 uh, uh, you know facilities, um, and also lets people just rampage in for pictures and. Um, close, close up observation, but also seemingly mm-hmm. killed her husband, <laughs> um, or at least had her husband disappear and doesn't give a fuck about it. <laughs> like, I mean, if like anybody thinks that woman has any sort of sadness over what happened to him after seeing her interviews, like you're crazy. <laughs> like, she can't even fake having like an emotional core yeah. for a human being. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, what a, and then Jeff Lowe guy, um, like, what a 
also just kind of low life mm-hmm. human being. Um, yeah, it's a it's a train wreck of human behavior. Um, and you know, the big cats are the victims. Uh, sadly, often you know whoever the most marginalized entity is in any situation, whether that's you know you know minorities here in the US or big cats in the case of you know, Tiger King, the most marginalized you know, entity always seems to lose out the most. Well, I think we can call that a wrap. Uh, If anybody else uh, has any thoughts on Tiger King, let us know. Um, Don't forget, we actually sell a real, uh, 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 we support a real lion uh, conservation, the Lion Guardians, um, which are located in Africa and and, in Kenya. And um, their work is incredible. We're so proud to be uh, partnered with them and be helping them raise proceeds through our lion shirt. So you can check that out. All of our lion shirts are on sale right now um, as a way to try to, uh, you know, kind of drive more donations to a real lion conservation. So if you like Tiger King um, or if it struck a chord at all and you want to help go support big cats, um, whether you do it through a shirt, whether you do it through a direct donation, whether you do it through social media, please go check out the Lion Guardians. That's a wrap. All right, see ya.